The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Welcome back to hour number two, today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you on this Tuesday morning, May the 3rd, 2022. It is 8.04 on your Tucson Tuesday. And whether you're tuning in on the AM side at 1490, on the FM side at 104.9, or if you're listening via the live stream, which can be found on ESPNTucson.com or via your Alexa-enabled device, I appreciate you tuning in here as uh, – we know you have a choice of where to lend your ears to gather your sports news and information and opinions and entertainment. And I appreciate you choosing the Jeff Dean Show as we are Tucson's only local morning sports talk show every weekday here from 7 to 9 a.m. Speaking of local, we just talked about Suns dominating the Mavericks in game number one. Game two is going to be tomorrow night at 7 p.m. You can, of course, hear that right here on your Tucson home for Phoenix Suns basketball. Coverage will start at 6.30 following Spears and Ali tomorrow afternoon from 3 to 6. And then the tip-off will be just shortly after 7, 7.05 p.m., whatever you know, uh, whatever time they decide to tip, it, depending if the other game goes long. But uh, there you'll be able to hear that right here on uh, ESPN Tucson, and I expect more of the same from your Phoenix Suns in Game 2. Uh, there will be some adjustments uh, on both sides, but again, there's just some things you can't adjust to, and that's when you have a dominant center that is just completely thrashing your defense. And there's nothing, there's, there's nothing that, that the Mavericks are going to be able to do to stop DeAndre Ayton in this, <clears throat> in this postseason. If they do throw double teams at him, we've already seen that DeAndre Ayton is capable of averaging about four assists per game when that, when that uh, type of defensive uh, switch is occurring. He's very good at finding the open man. He's a good, crisp passer, especially to guys in movement, moving at the rim. Um, we've seen him throw bounce passes on the move. I mean, he's he's a very adept big at distributing the basketball out of doubles, uh, and I expect that, that the Mavericks know that, and, uh, and I don't think that they'll take too many chances. Maybe occasional traps uh, when they get him out of position where they want him, but that doesn't happen all that often because of the Suns' guards are so good at, at – dictating where the traffic goes. Like Chris Paul's just a master. Uh, you know, and, and look, Devin Booker did a phenomenal job last night. Once he realized that his, his jumper wasn't it wasn't great last night. He missed uh four of the five three pointers or five of the six three pointers he took last night, I think. But uh, you know, he, he he affected the game in other ways. Nine assists last night, he led the Suns in assists. Or nine rebounds, I'm sorry. He led led the Suns in rebounds and assists last night, by the way, did uh, did Devin Booker. And and I'll finish it by saying this. If you're Luka Doncic and you get punked the way that you did by JaVale McGee, like, <laughs> bro, like, I, I don't know what I, – I, I, I got nothing for you, man. I'm sorry. Like, that's – that was – he just got brutalized. Like, everything that Luka did that was great in that game last night got completely erased by what JaVale McGee did to him on that steal and 80-foot traverse down the court to a dunk. Like, that was that was brutal, man. Uh, so, yeah, Luca needs to be hanging his head today if he's – I'm sure he's seen that several times, probably on replay, probably in his own mind he's uh, he's seen it. So, again, Suns 
in action again tomorrow night. You can hear that right here on ESPN Tucson Game 2. The gradient is going away, ladies and gentlemen, as it was tweeted out and uh, on all the socials for Arizona basketball yesterday. I saw it, uh, you know, it kind of hit the hit the uh, uh, the old uh, uh, you know, Twitter feed or Instagram feed, whatever have you. Uh, the notifications got, you know, were going off at about one o'clock yesterday when Arizona basketball posted a little video that said. Uh, quote, the gradient is gone, a smirk face emoji, hashtag bear down, hashtag run with us. And it's a video of the the old jerseys, the gradient jerseys, being removed from their coat hangers. Uh, and fans celebrated all across the, 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 the city of Tucson, all across the country, knowing that the gradient is finally gone. Now, we knew this already because – Tommy talked about it. Tommy Lloyd talked about it before the season even began. Somebody had asked him about about uniform changes. Are you, you going to make any uniform changes? And Tommy was like, I'm not a shoe guy. I'm not a uniform guy. And he's not. <laughs> Tommy, Tommy like, he's, not, he's not a social media guy. He's not a uniform shoes guy. Tommy is a basketball guy. And, th- that, look, that's exactly what Arizona needs. Arizona doesn't need a shoe guy. Arizona doesn't need a hype man. They don't need – uh, a, a social media guru at, at basketball. This is a, a traditional power and needs to be treated as such by a responsible and mature basketball coach who gets right down to business in his first year. And I like the approach that Tommy Lloyd made. I'm not I'm not going against anything like, you know, what with what Jed Fish is doing. Like I know a lot of people are like, ooh, is there is there uh, turmoil between Tommy Lloyd and Jed Fish because of the things that Tommy says about I'm not a Twitter guy, I'm not a rah-rah guy. That, 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 is, not, <laughs> that is not a calculated attack at Jed Fish, okay? They just go about their business differently. Jed is a different energy kind of guy than Tommy is. Uh, and that's, that's, look, they're both being extremely successful, so can we just let them be and do their thing? <laughs> let's, let's stop trying to, like, you know, put a, make it a competition between the two. Tommy said that the, there would be, quote, I, I believe he used the quote, significant changes to the uh, to the Arizona uniforms. And but because of look, obviously there was still slowdowns and shutdowns because of COVID to start the the 2021 season. Nike just it, look. They're struggling like everyone else is. Every, you know, all the other industries and all the other businesses and companies out there are struggling for manpower. They're, you know, they're struggling for uh, materials. All, you know, all those, all of the above. So, yeah, it was going to take a little bit longer. You couldn't just make an overnight change like we were used to pre-COVID. So now those changes are coming, and this is a this is a direction that Arizona basketball was going in before Tommy was even hired here. This is something that. The administration said, "Look, you know, we know the fans hate these things. Um, we've been we've been working with them for quite some time. We've been playing with them for quite some time, and now Nike owes us something new." I'm not an expert in in the situation because I too, uh, big surprise, am not a shoes and or uniform guy. Okay, I have conversations with Brian Brigger, the Emoy. As uh, many of you know, the uh, the local celebrity that he is, I have conversations with him, and I've had conversations with him about how Arizona goes about getting the gear that they wear, whether it be shoes, uh, you know, on court 
uh, you know, anything that they wear on the court as far as jerseys and shorts and stuff go to things that they wear off the court. The gist of it that I got was that in regards to the gradient uniforms, that it was something that that Nike was basically like, here's what you're going to wear. <laughs> we are your we are your fashion guru. Uh, we are your your professional shopper. You know whatever have you. And the celebrities have those, and they say this. You know they they dress people that dress celebrities for big events and things like that, and they say this is what you're wearing tonight. Um, Nike basically told Arizona like, you're one of our six elites. Okay, one of the six Nike elite schools in the country. And this is what we have chosen for Arizona basketball for the next five years. <laughs> okay, um, and that's that's just part of the you know part of the territory. You don't always get to pick and choose what you're going to wear in this big business that is you know sports apparel and things like that. So I'm hoping that Arizona and and when you know when I talked with with Brian Brigger and this was this was a, you know several years ago that we were talking about this. Uh, that they do have some input. Obviously, they get some design input, and Nike spits out you know what they you know what they recommend or what they have or what they can do, and then tells Arizona here are your choices. You have this or you have this. Um, I believe that Arizona is going to go back to a much much more classic look. I know that athletic director Dave Hickey was strongly in favor of that. I'm sure that Tommy although he doesn't care a whole lot, would probably prefer there to be a more traditional look because uh, that's the kind of guy that he seems to be. And I know that the fans are just aching to have the more traditional look back. I mean, just in the comments alone, the, the first 30 comments on the Twitter and or Instagram thread were basically like, hallelujah, now let's go back to the classic look. And people were posting pictures or videos from the past of the jerseys that they like this is all wonderful i love the fan input on this this is because you know the uniforms they you know they are it's not it's you know it's a it's a whole it's a whole thing right there are there are schools out there that are very traditional kentucky never changes you know while they change a little bit again another school that has had nike say we're you know we're going to add this you know piece of flair to your you know to your uniform and kentucky fans have hated it for years you know Carolina, uh, you know with their with their Carolina blue and the Jumpman logo and all that other stuff. You know, I mean, those are all things that that are held sacred there in Chapel Hill, Kansas. You know, they've had very traditional uniforms for a long time, and they started to change things up um, with you know with their affiliate. So these are all you know it's all just part of the process of going through things. And you know, it's funny people hated the, the uniforms that the people hated the most, like the fans hated the most. Uh, of, and I'm talking just specifically of, of the Arizona fans and the Arizona uniforms. Like those gold ones that, that Arizona had. You remember those? Like people were like, oh, my God, those are the worst uniforms ever. Those are the ones the players liked the most. <laughs> like, because you, know, you talk about it, you talk with them on, I was on road trips at the time with the team and talk with them. So, hey, which one's your favorite? I like the gold ones. Really? You like the gold ones? Yeah, yeah, they're, 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 they're nice. Okay. <laughs> and, and you go ask another player, like, which one's your favorite? I like the gold ones. You like the gold ones? The gold. You're talking about the gold ones. You like those? Yeah. Okay. And like honestly, like to a man, it was like their there was their favorite uniform, and the fans hated those things. Hated them. They're gone. Fans hated them so much that they're gone. Um, and the players were basically told, "Sorry, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get some other something else gold to wear, but you're not gonna be wearing these on the court anymore." I just find it funny. 
the 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 difference in what the players like as opposed to what the fans like usually very very different stark differences between the two the players I, I you know look I'm I'm excited as are I'm sure the fans are to see what these you know what these new slash you know old type uh, uniforms are going to look like I'm sure they're going to be spectacular Nike has really been producing some great stuff recently um, and uh, I'm excited and uh, you should be too the, the, the gradient is gone uh, look it is wiped the football team no longer has the gradient the basketball team no longer has a gradient we all should be happy now gradients are gone no more gradients they won't be welcome back. <laughs> Leave them, leave them away from our from our campus, please. Just go, put them somewhere else. Go, you know, go, go figure out some other school to test your gradients on. Nobody likes them here. Speaking of football, Arizona linebacker Anthony Pandy receives an invitation to the Arizona Cardinals mini camp. So Anthony Pandy, who played, uh, it seemed like Anthony was here forever. He's been here for a long time. Played fifty-one games in an Arizona uniform, started 25 of those 51 games, had himself a real nice career here, filled up the stat sheet um, during his uh, during his time at Arizona and uh, has gotten himself an invite to an NBA and NFL mini, mini camp. So congratulations to him. Of course, we talked about uh, Lucas Haversick yesterday as well as Stanley Berryhill. And Anthony Pandy will find a former teammate and friendly face on the Cardinals roster. Uh, Jace Whitaker still there with the Cardinals, who has seen some playing time with the Cardinals over the last couple of years. So, uh, so good luck to uh, Anthony Pandy on his mini camp adventure. I hope he's able to learn some things and able to uh, uh, to gather some valuable information about his next steps in his career. Because I do believe he is a talented football player, and he'll find himself being paid to play somewhere. I don't know if it'll be with the Cardinals, but it'll be somewhere. He's talented enough to where someone will pay him money to play football, which is always a great thing, and we wish him the best. All right, we're going to take a timeout. When I return, we will start talking about some of the NHL playoffs. Uh, last night there was some uh, there was some uh, results in the uh, in the NHL. Last night the Stanley Cup playoffs. I'll have some predictions for you throughout the rest of uh, round one and who I think the two Stanley Cup combatants will be. And I'll also have my MLB power rankings coming up. I've got my MLB top ten. I'm pretty sure you know who's at the top of the list, but what were teams two through ten? What is that going to look like? We'll talk about that next. The playoffs are here, and you can make every game feel like game seven on FanDuel Sportsbook, an official betting partner of the NBA. And throughout the playoffs, all customers can place their no-sweat same-game parlay each week. Now, I opted in for my no-sweat SGP last night. It was a Suns SGP that I missed by one leg once again because Chris Paul only had three assists in the game, and I missed widely on that one. I think anybody who who, get, who bet Chris Paul assists uh, probably missed that one as well, unless they bet the under, in, in which case, good for you. So now what I get to look forward to is free bets. I get money in free bets from FanDuel because <clears throat> my particular <clears> – <throat> pardon me <clears> – <throat> My no-sweat SGP lost, which means they're going to compensate me with up to $20 in free bets, which if I go on the, the app right now, I can probably tell you that it's already there because they turn those types, of, uh, those types of promos around just as quickly as they do when you win. FanDuel has a ton of different ways for you to customize your parlays your way, and like I said, when you do win, you get paid out lightning fast. Now, if you're new to FanDuel, great. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today. 
Sign up with my promo code DEAN, and you'll enjoy access to even more great promotions like the No Sweat promo that's going on right now. But once again, that's signing up with my promo code DEAN. And, of course, if you already have an account, you're all set to bet. No Sweat. So just make your No Sweat SGP bet on any of the playoff games. You can do it once per week. Opt in on the website or on the app, and you are in the driver's seat. And if you don't win, you'll get compensated with up to $20 in free bets. So lace them up this NBA postseason, and if your same-game parlay doesn't win with FanDuel Sportsbook, they will compensate you with a great set of free bets, an official betting partner of the NBA. 21 and over and present in Arizona. Refund issued is non withdrawable site credit at free bets that expire seven days after receipt. Max free bet is $20 per week. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you think you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342. More from the Jeff Dean Show next right here on ESPN Tucson. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back to the Jeff Dean Show here on ESPN Tucson, Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Glad to be with you. Last night in the uh, in the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs, they got uh, they got underway. Uh, you can watch them uh, on ESPN as uh, ESPN is going to be covering the uh, the playoffs for the uh, for the recent future here. The Hurricanes smacked the Bruins around. It was, it was a lot, a whole lot. Of, well, there were three runaway games and one good one. Uh, the Hurricanes smacked the Bruins around. I think that'll be a good series. I don't think that yes, last night's score was indicative of what that series is going to look like because with Auntie Ranta in the uh, in the between the pipes for, for the Hurricanes. Anything is possible because, uh, gosh, sometimes that guy just forgets that he's got a job to do out there. Uh, but the Hurricanes win game one, 5-1 to one, over the Bruins, and uh, they're able to, uh, to continue to win on home ice there. The Maple Leafs absolutely destroy the Tampa Bay Lightning, and it was Austin Matthews, two goals and an assist last night. The, uh, the NHL's leading scorer put in uh, one hell of an effort, and like the, the second goal that he had, just kind of like a breakaway, uh, a rebound. The goalie was slightly out of position for just a moment, and he, that kid is so quick, man. He pounced on that puck and just sent it right into the net. He's so impressive to watch, and he just continues to get better, which is what's going to make Toronto a real scary team in this postseason. In a weird game last night in Minnesota, the Wild obviously Starting at home are the favorite in this. They had a, a a better record in the in the regular season, not by much, but better record than St. Louis did. And St. Louis tuned them up last night for nothing in the game in the uh, in the game last night. Dan Perron gets himself the Hattie, three goals and an assist last night for the Blues as they steal Game One from the Minnesota Wild in Minnesota. So um, that was. That was a a, a a brutal beatdown of a team who has some pretty lofty aspirations and lofty goals in, in this particular postseason. Again, that's going to be one of your tighter series, I think. But I think to lose game one the way that they did, that's rough if you're a Minnesota Wild fan. And the Kings take game one from Edmonton up in the Great White North. Now, again, that's kind of like a 50-50 uh, series. Those are, the, those are two teams are extremely closely matched. That might be the closest matchup we have 
in round one of the postseason. Uh, but the Kings get the better of the Oilers in game one. Just got a little bit better goaltending uh, than the Oilers did last night. And so uh, there you have the uh, the outcome of that particular game. In tonight's Stanley Cup playoffs, the Pittsburgh Penguins heading up to the Garden to take on the Rangers in uh, in New York City. We've got the Capitals heading down to Florida to take on the Panthers, my Florida Panthers. It's the team I'm going to be riding this entire postseason. The Nashville Predators, who are the team that's, that's like the team that has the 0.0001% chance of winning the Stanley Cup, they're taking on the Colorado Avalanche, who are the heavy favorites to uh, to represent this you know the the the, uh, the West in the uh, in the Stanley Cup Finals, and are the overwhelming favorite to win the Cup, even though they didn't win the President's Cup, the President's Trophy this season. That went to the Florida Panthers. And then the, you have the Dallas Stars taking on the Calgary Flames, the Calgary Flames. Uh, that series starts in Calgary up in Canada tonight. So four, great more, four more great games coming up for the, uh, for the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. And uh, looking forward to that. Always, look, Stanley Cup playoffs, I still think, honestly, are the best of the four, of the four major. I, I think that, Stanley, that the Stanley Cup playoff hockey, it becomes – so much more, I don't want to say so much more exciting than the regular season. I mean, it certainly is. But there is it, the, the drama that occurs in Stanley Cup postseason play, is, it's, it's unmatched. Like there is, as, you know, as good as the NFL playoffs have been, we remember the good games and we forget a lot of the stinkers. You know, we forget the game that was between Tampa Bay and Philadelphia down in Tampa during the postseason last year and, we forget how bad the Dallas Cowboys played in their game against the Niners, and I mean, there's you know, there's a lot of things that we forget, and we celebrate all these great games. You know, the Bills and Chiefs, one of the greatest NFL games ever, and it was damn good. Uh, you can see that night in, night out in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So, always, I'm always so excited. I love, I love, 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 love playoff hockey. So, uh, we'll be talking about some of that throughout the uh, the Jeff Dean show here throughout the uh, the next couple of months as we uh, get ready to crown a champion, and hopefully it's the Florida Panthers. Now, my personal picks for the, for the, for the opening round, I know I'm a little bit late on some of them because some of the games are already in there. Uh, I, you know, I love the Avalanche taking out the, the Predators, as the, everybody should. I like the Wild to come back and win that series against St. Louis, even though they got punked on their home ice last night. They're far and away the better team, in my opinion. Uh, I do like the Wild to win that series. I like Edmonton to win their series against the Kings, even though they lost at home last night as well. It's not going well for me. Uh, and I like Calgary to, uh, to beat Dallas. Those are, the, uh, those are my picks in the West for the first round. In the East, obviously, I love the Florida Panthers. I think they, uh, they, put, uh, they put Ovi and the, uh, the Caps out of their misery early in this series. I love the, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs in their series against the Lightning. As good as the Lightning are, uh, they just don't have the firepower to contend with the Toronto Maple Leafs, which will set up a potential matchup in round two between the Panthers and the Maple Leafs. And that, ladies and gentlemen, that will be fun. Uh, I like the Penguins uh, over the Rangers in that series, even though the Rangers are the favorite. Just something about Rangers hockey in the postseason. Mm, I don't know. I can't trust them. I'll take Sid uh, and the Pens in uh, in the postseason here. 
And then in that Carolina-Boston series, I kind of grew up a Boston fan. We didn't have a team here for me to root for when I was growing up. Uh, and so I would turn on ESPN. It seemed like the Bruins were always on. And they had Cam Neely, who was like my favorite player at the time. So I just became kind of a Bruins fan. Not that that matters anymore. Uh, I liked the Carolina Hurricanes to win that series uh, against the uh, against the Boston Bruins. And they, of course, are off to a good start in that one as well. So, And then as far as the Stanley Cup, look, upsets happen left and right in the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. Like more eight seeds or what you would consider an eight seed because they don't have – they're not seeded that way any longer – more eight seeds have beaten one seeds in the NHL playoffs than any other any other huge upset in the other big sports have occurred. It just happens. It's like, I don't want to say it's clockwork, but it's bound to happen at some point. However, when you look at the two dominant teams in this year's postseason, talking about the Avs and the Panthers, I just feel like they're on a collision course for one another because they are just, those two teams are head and shoulders above the rest. Now, the Maple Leafs are going to give the Panthers some trouble, but they get to see them in round two. It's not going to be uh, an Eastern Conference final, most likely, for those two those two squads. So that's I think that's actually advantageous for Florida. And in the West, Calgary probably the biggest obstacle for the Avalanche, but I just I don't see I don't see any team in the West really giving them too much trouble. The Wild could give them some trouble, but then they lost at home last night to the Blues. So you're like, oh, okay, well there he goes that. Uh, but I do like – I think it's a collision course between the two best teams in the NHL. I think it's Avs and Panthers in the Stanley Cup Finals and lookout because that will be an epic throw. That might be – if it happens, that might be one of the most heralded Stanley Cup Finals in the last 15 to 20 years because those teams are just so stinking good and exciting to watch. They don't have any weaknesses. They really don't. So it uh, should be exciting. All right, we're going to take a timeout. When I return – Major League Baseball is a month in. We're through the month of April in Major League Baseball. I'll offer what I've seen in the first month, give you some power rankings and some thoughts of what to look for in the future uh, coming up here in Major League Baseball. That's next right here on the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Let's talk some Major League Baseball. We don't get a chance to talk about it a whole lot, and a lot of times when we do talk about it, it's something controversial. <laughs> We're like, they need to fix this rule, they need to fix this rule. I've got my MLB power rankings here. Now, I'm going to start at 10, and I work my way up to 1, and I'm just going to give a little, you know, I, I'm not going to spend much time on uh, on each of the teams until we get near the top. Number 10 in the power rankings, my power rankings, I have the Minnesota Twins. They've gotten off to a pretty good start. Uh, you know, Carlos Correa has risen his average, raised his average from a bleak 167. He's now hitting 256. He's still one of the best players in baseball. Uh, and I think that, you know, the Twins will eventually start to move up that AL Central ladder. It'd be interesting to see if the White Sox can figure out what the hell they're doing because they've been just terrible. They were supposed to be, you know, the team to beat in that Central. And right now, <laughs> not playing so well. Uh, number nine, I've got the St. Louis Cardinals, and it might be a little bit high for the Cardinals. They're they're uh, what thirteen and nine right now, twelve and uh, twelve and nine or, or thirteen and nine. I can't remember which. Regardless, uh, I like I like the old guys. Okay, it's fun to watch players like you know like Albert Pujols 
and Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright have these, you know, great final seasons in the sun in St. Louis. And I'm kind of a romantic as far as that goes when it comes to baseball. I like watching uh, the old guys play in a ballpark, and especially for a traditional team like the St. Louis Cardinals, who, honestly, I mean, their fans are just the best. Like, they, they really are. I know baseball fans can't stand Cardinal fans for the most part, but they are they, – they, nobody knows baseball better than Cardinal fans. They just don't. Uh, and I like what Nolan Arenado is doing so far. And once they start to get better production from Tyler O'Neill, uh, that team will continue to move up. I, I just think I think they're a better team than their record is indicative right, right now, and I've got them at nine. Uh, number eight, I have the Padres. Padres are kind of one of those mystery teams, I guess, if you will. Like, are they are they really good? Are they going to fall into anonymity like we usually see them, usually around June of every single year? Do they have that that fall? I mean, they, they certainly have the potential to, but they're also loaded with talent. Um, and uh, Mackenzie Gore, man, what a what a fine young star that they've got themselves in uh, in Mackenzie Gore on the mound. So, uh, be looking out for for him, and you know he'll continue to uh, to play well. I think number seven, I've got the Angels. Um, I, you know, love the lineup. Very interesting collection of players. Um, they've they got fifteen wins uh, already on the season, which is remarkable considering the level of uh, I think the, their their strength of schedule was like fourth in the majors, I believe, to start the season. So. That's good news for the Angels. Now, again, another team that has the ability to completely implode and may do so come June, just like the San Diego Padres tend to do. Number six, I have the Brewers. Uh, the Brewers, look, they're, they're a loaded team. We know we know that they've got talent up and down. Um, Eric Lauer has been, has been great uh, for them. And Lorenzo Cain... Uh, <laughs> Look, I, I I like watching speedy players play and guys get around the bases, and I used to love watching Kenny Lofton and how fast he could get around, you know, from home to second, home to third. Uh, I've never seen anybody move that fast in my life until I saw Lorenzo Cain. He's 36 years old now. He's hitting 163, and things aren't looking too good for Lorenzo Cain right now with the Brewers. Let's go into the top five. Now, I'm going to give myself a little bit of of uh, of of caution, I guess, because – my team, the San Francisco Giants, the team that I have rooted for, the team that I work for in the spring, had an unprecedented year last year. They led the majors in wins last year. They led the majors in runs scored. They led the majors in run differential. And right now, like, <laughs> they're not that far off from where they were before. They're fourth in baseball in run differential. Okay, They're not the top scoring team in baseball, but they are the second best scoring team in baseball. And that's after they've been hit with COVID like crazy. They've had so many guys. They've got they've had guys in their lineup. They had a guy in their lineup yesterday, Jason Krizan, who has spent 10 years in the minors, got his first major league hit yesterday. <laughs> like These are the guys that they're going to the plate with, and they're still winning games. I'm going to put them at five just because I don't, like, is it sustainable? How? How is this possible? I don't know. But right now, I'm going to put them at five, even though I think a, they probably deserve a top four, maybe even a top three ranking. At four, I've got the Blue Jays. I Listen, I, I, I've been touting the Blue Jays all offseason. I think they're a potential freight train. Like, they are um, 
they have got more scary batters in that lineup. I, they are they are a rough team to play. Like they can just pound you into submission. Uh, so I got the Blue Jays at four. Now for the top three. My top three consists of three major market teams. What a surprise. At number three, I've got the New York Mets. Now, Francisco Lindor has played great. Tyler McGill, let me tell you, Arizona Wildcat, jumping in on that five-man no-hitter the other day against the Phillies. That was awesome to see. Uh, Tyler McGill, they are getting a lot of confidence, giving him a lot of confidence and having a lot of confidence in him, and I love to see that. Plus, the lineup is doing really well. And my boy Max Scherzer, again, <laughs> looking amazing <laughs> on the mound, as he always does and always has. So uh, I got the Mets at three. Number two, a team who has put together a 10-game winning streak as of yesterday, the New York Yankees. The New York Yankees right now sit atop the AL East. They are Anthony Rizzo is absolutely just loving that short right porch at Yankee Stadium. He's at nine home runs, leading, leading majors in home runs. He's got nine dingers. He's at seven of them at Yankee Stadium where a routine pop fly into mid, mid-depth mid right field in any other ballpark other than Fenway <laughs> is being sent three rows deep into the seats at Yankee Stadium. He's absolutely loving it. And this is the most interesting thing about the Yankees. They lead the American League in ERA, which is something that the Yankees have not done since 1998. So the Yankees, my number two, and really have performed like a number one, but my number one is because we know what's coming, right? We know even with, I don't, I don't even want to say slumping, uh, Justin Turner, who hasn't, you know, hasn't been himself, hasn't been his all-star self, and he may, you know, never go back to that number, but hitting 187 with three times as many strikeouts as he has walks, I think is, is an anomaly. Um, they just, the Dodgers are, we know they're loaded. Their ERA is even better than I thought it would be. I mean, it's the best ERA in baseball by far. It will, I mean, it will get worse. Obviously you can't, no team is going to pitch, you know, throw a a 2.1 ERA for an entire season, but I don't think it's going to get much worse. Like, how like how far does it fall? So, if the Dodgers are giving up, let's say three runs a game, <laughs> 115 wins, 118 wins, maybe a possibility. Oh God, save us! I it, I it, again, look, I I don't, I don't begrudge them because hey, you got the money, spend it. You're allowed to. There's no salary cap. You can go ahead. You can go go crazy. Look at the, the the three teams that are atop the, the, the my power rankings. The Dodgers, the Yankees, and the Mets all went crazy with with uh, with salary to their players. They got bringing in star players. The Blue Jays also n- not insane number of on, on the salary number, but still up there, right? Like they're they they're paying some dudes. I uh, it, it's just the way baseball is. And look, there's a lot of gripes about baseball right now. The the baseball's being number 1. Uh, there was what was what was it was it yesterday? It was the lowest amount of average runs per game in like the last 40 years or something like that. Like it was some ridiculous number. Um it, I mean, it it is 
it is trending into a, a, a potential problem because fans look, fans don't want to see hitters stifled by wet, heavy baseballs. We want to see hitters stifled by great pitching. We want to see hitters stifled by great defense. You know, fast guys in the outfield running down, you know, getting on their horse to run into a gap to make a diving catch, okay? We don't want to see a guy hitting a slosh ball and you can hear it like you can he- it doesn't have it has a dead sound to it right am i missing something like am i the only person that's picking up on that as far as like the the balls that they're using this year in baseball it just doesn't sound right like it sounds like a thud instead of a crack i don't know i i don't like where it's going and the players don't like it the players have really really been uh voicing their displeasure and with these new baseballs apparently pitchers are having trouble gripping them I guess that's a new problem now because there's so much moisture in the ball that the pitchers are having trouble gripping them. So fastballs are up because, you know, you, you know, grip when you're trying to throw breaking balls is everything, right? I mean, you, you've got to be able to have the proper grip on the ball. So pitchers are abandoning their breaking pitches. Like, I think, like, fastball percentages are up like, up considerably from the pitching from pitchers this year. And I don't think it's just because they're, you know, their fastballs are that much better than their sliders, curves, or whatever. Sinker ballers are loving life right now. <laughs> Just throwing a heavy, wet ball down in the down at the uh, at the ankles. Sure, no problem. Do that all day. Uh, but you know, Major League Baseball's got a they've got an issue. And when the players are speaking up about it, when the players don't like it, like we deal with this all the time in NASCAR, right? Like you hear it all the time from the NASCAR drivers. Are like, this car's crap. This new car that NASCAR is making us drive is garbage. Just, you know, take the restrictor plates off it. Take the arrow off of this thing and let us drive. You hear it all the time. And it, it, sometimes it begins to fall on deaf ears. When baseball players are complaining about the game, and it's not just the hitters, it's the pitchers too, baseball needs to listen. Like, figure something out. Get us to the all-star break and then figure something out when we have a little break in play, like three days, four days of, of no games to see if, if, if we can figure out a way to right this ship and get these players back on board with, with what they consider uh, a playable ball. I just find it interesting that Major League Baseball has gone this direction. So we'll see. All right, I'm going to take a timeout. When I return, I'll put a big, bright, red, shiny bow on today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. That's next right here on ESPN Tucson. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. The 14th annual Meet the Chefs competition is coming up Sunday, June 26th at Casino del Sol, and the winner will compete against Chef Wendy Gutierrez. Uh, Gothier, sorry, from uh, Chef Chic at the Iron Chef competition in July. But we need local chefs. So if you think you've got what it takes to be the next Iron Chef winner, you can get all the info and sign up at ironchef2son.com or go to ESPN Tucson for the link and uh, get your uh, whatever you get your chef's knives out and get your best recipes and ask grandma for the secret sauce or whatever and uh, get on out there and try to compete and represent Tucson. In the uh, in the Iron Chef, as I mentioned before, I've, I've said this a dozen times. I, I think that the food scene in Tucson is remarkable. I honestly, th- 
one of the biggest things that I miss while living up here in Phoenix is the food scene. I mean, as good as the food scene is here in Phoenix, it's very diluted. Uh, And, you know, if you have to find somewhere to eat, it's usually extremely busy. Uh, You know, all the good places are are taken. There's some some good, not as well-known places here, but the valley is so huge. Like, like to get to the good place, it's like a 40-minute drive. It just sucks. Like, in Tucson, you can blindfold yourself, spin around, point yourself in a direction, and within 10 minutes, you're going to be at a great restaurant. So uh, that's definitely one of the things I miss about living in Tucson. Man, it's uh, this is such a good food. And I, you know, it's funny. I follow a lot of the, the restaurants and stuff. I'm, 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 a, I'm a big supporter of local and small business in whatever community I happen to live in. I, being a local small business owner myself, I also then in turn support. So I follow a lot of the restaurants and such in Tucson uh, on the social medias. And they consistently post like, hey, here's our weekly special or here's a picture of our new dish. And I'm just like, God, you're killing me. You're killing me, Smalls. See it all the time. I'm like, God. Oh. And the the beer scene in Tucson's glowing. I just need to move back down there. That's just it. Let's move back down there. Be a Tucson and once again live out the rest of my days where I started them. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I need a raise, though. A raise would be good. That'd be, that'd be nice. Uh, so, listen, tomorrow on tomorrow's show, we're going to have Tyler Drake on. He just sent me a text message with some other interesting news that I'm – look, I'm not going to go with it. It's not news, I should say. Uh, a, a rumor, if you will, um, that may become public sometime very soon. I'm not going to go with it. It's not anything that I would consider newsworthy – um, nor would I consider it something because it's not coming from him. It's coming from a source that he was talking to that potentially may know something about more about the DeAndre Hopkins situation. But, again, it's not something I'm going to go with. It's probably something that will become public when it's time to come public with this type of this type of thing. But uh, this, may be, this may not be the only thing we hear about uh, in, the, you know, in the weeks to come regarding DeAndre Hopkins and the Arizona Cardinals. So, we're going to bring on Tyler tomorrow morning. We'll have him on at 8.30. Make sure you tune in. That is our uh, Cardinals Insider segment that we do on Wednesdays with Tyler. We'll be talking uh, plenty plenty of uh, Cardinals football in the weeks and the months to come leading up through, uh, you know, through the summer, into the fall, and into the season of this 2022 season. It's already, like, just when you thought the NFL hadn't done enough, like, they couldn't one-up themselves from what we just saw in the postseason and through the regular season with the 17 games and all this other stuff going on. The NFL says, hold my beer. And <laughs> there's ridiculous trade movement in the offseason. There's all the stuff that happened in the NFL draft. Like, it is nonstop news and entertainment when it comes to the NFL. There's another interesting thought, like, Player empowerment recently has has really, really become prevalent, right? Both at the professional and at the collegiate level. High school players aren't necessarily signing with a particular program coming out of high school because of the amount of money they're getting. Some of them are. But ones that are established are then becoming free agents for NIL money much like they do in the professional ranks. And again, there's something that needs to be done about this. It was just rolled out, and now Mark Emmert is walking away from it like, oh, I've had enough of this. I don't know how to fix it, so I'm going to walk away. 
It's all very frustrating. Very frustrating in the world of sports right now, but as is always, things will even themselves out. Level-headed people will take over and figure out something. Thanks to Mary back in the studio for all her hard work today. Man, she had her work cut out for today, did a great job. And, of course, thanks to you guys for tuning in today. Tune in to Spears and Ali today from 3 to 6, and I will see you guys again tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. for the next Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Thanks for listening to the Jeff Dean Show, Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Jeff will be back tomorrow morning at 7 on ESPN Tucson.